Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. This is episode 215. And today's topic, we discuss the top kitchen renovations and upgrades that you didn't think about. Enjoy. Hi, neighbor. How are you? Excellent. Today is Boxing Day, one of my favorite days of the year. Uh, it's overrated. You go shopping? On, is that why? What do you mean go shopping? How many people actually, quote unquote, go shopping on Boxing Day? There's an element day? of enjoyment to the whole going to a there store There is. Some still. people still like going to the mall, grabbing a Starbucks, walking around. No, too many people for me. But Boxing Week, well, that's... I just I didn't mean to say Boxing Week. I meant to say Boxing Day, but I was leading into the fact that it's basically a week. Same as Black Friday. Yes, but tomorrow everybody goes back to work. Most people will have today off, especially because Christmas Day fell on a Sunday. And now they're given a loo day, which is usually the day after. So, or the day before, I guess, in our right. case. But long weekend. Boxing Day, I like to unwind because Christmas Day is hectic. Not for us. We're not doing anything this year. I keep my jammies on. I'll watch a movie at night. You know, kind of lazy day. Eat all those leftovers. The turkey keeps keeps you kind of mellow. Yeah. We haven't really established any Christmas holiday traditions. You haven't? No, like we've changed them over the years because before we would run around and visit family, sometimes two different families in a day, and it was hectic. So we said, screw it. We're just going to stay at home on Christmas Day. Well, as the kids get older, that'll change too, right? Maybe. So let's get into our topic today. Today's topic. Good timing because of Boxing Day. Yes, you may be out there looking for things relative to our topic, which happens to be... The top kitchen upgrades you didn't think about. Upgrades slash renovations. What to do during a renovation or. Or just stuff in your kitchen you didn't think about. There you go. And hopefully this podcast comes before it's too late. Because some things you just can't do afterwards. A lot of things you, when you do a renovation, you end up looking back and saying, oh, if we would have done this or could have done that. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure there's people that do the build custom homes who still wish they had have done something, you know, like my contractor that did my basement made virtually no suggestions to me. It was all me providing the input. I wish I had somebody that provided insight. And that goes to doing your due diligence of who you're hiring, because that particular person really was a carpenter, not a con, not a business owner. Per yeah. se, like they didn't have that. That's not that's not his business plan. His business plan is not yes doing a thorough renovation. If you hire the right company, and well, I'll get right into one of my points because I made a few points here on today's topic, as I can see you have as well. And the first thing is hire a designer, yeah. so you don't look back or you minimize the you know, the impact of not hiring one. Yeah. Because if you're trying to do it on your own, especially if it's your first time designing a kitchen, let's say, inevitably you are going to forget things. 
or think of things later that coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. So as an example, I designed our new kitchen at the cottage and it's actually funny. You were there. I did bring a designer in. If you remember, you were there during the consultation. Female? Yes. I vaguely remember. Yeah. It was like a month after we got the keys for the place. So this was five years, more than five years ago now. Yeah, I do. I do vaguely remember that. And I didn't end up hiring her because she didn't like the design that I ultimately created with the island and then the island facing the lake. Right. She said there wasn't enough room. Right. Um, I'd say she was wrong. It does get tight if you if you're sitting at the island, like to walk around. It's not ideal. Yeah, but it's offset um, by the benefit of the view, like and the size of the island. Right. The island turned out really big. So, anyways, definitely with me designing the kitchen myself, I look back and I think, oh, why didn't I think of that? Or coulda, shoulda, woulda, right? So hire a designer, maybe even get two consultations from two different designers. And that'll minimize the risk of I having, hire designers even when I'm choosing paint colors. Just to yeah. get some insight. Like trends change often. Yeah. And it doesn't know. cost a lot for consultations and no. Even even to hire a designer to do a proper plan like a construction plan? A well, I would think if you're doing a full kitchen, most company, kitchen companies will have either someone on staff or well, that's the thing. someone that they recommend. Yes. And if you're the general contractor, which I know a lot of people that end up in that position, you know, they know an electrician, they know a plumber, they find a kitchen cabinet person, they find a countertop person, and then they coordinated all themselves to save money or for convenience. Right. But there's Um, things they don't think of. Exactly. So hiring a designer, get a proper consultation, um, let them sketch it all out, draw it all out. It's pretty easy. They come in with an iPad. They can even start working on it there. And then things, you know, they plan things like lighting and electrical and that way it makes it easy for the contractor too. So the contractor is not coming back to you and saying, hey, where do you want these lights or where do you want these switches? Right. It's all there in the blueprints. One of the ones I had, speaking of electrical, is um, more of an accessory than anything, but it's a cool feature that I would definitely put into my kitchen if I renovate or buy or whatever. And that's built-in wireless chargers in the <coughs> countertops. So like at the breakfast bar underneath. Don't you have to have special counters for that? No, you just have to have strong enough uh, wireless chargers. So they just recess them under the counters. Okay. And then plug them in somewhere. So you need the electrical component of it, which is easy usually. Um, And then you just put your phone on top of the countertop to charge it. I hate those chargers though. I've got some that you just plug in and I never use it because number one, I don't find that it charges the phone very well. And number two, you really can't use the phone. Like if the phone, well. No, but if you're just in the kitchen, like working on a recipe or working, talking, whatever, you just put your phone on the spot. Or you're just walking through the kitchen, you put it down while you're doing something. 
So, and to the point of the capabilities of those things, there's a huge range as with any product. So some of them output more power than others. So if you're buying a cheap one, it's going to charge it slowly. If you buy a larger one that works better, it'll charge it quicker. I have one beside my bed and it charges fine. Um, and it, it sometimes bothers me, like what you're saying is you can't use it while it's there, which m- would be a bit different on, in the kitchen because you could still use it on the countertop if you're not moving it. You can't do it so much beside your bed. I can't hold it in front of me while it's charging. But I kind of like that. It forces me to get off of it. But anyways, that's what I would do. I'd have probably three or four across the countertop at the breakfast bar, depending on the size. How would you know, I guess... You would be the only person that knows what part of the counter is actually. Yeah. yeah. I could see that being useful in an island. Yeah. That's where do, I would put it for sure. Do iPads have the wireless charging capability? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking over just Robbie to see if he knows, but he doesn't know. No. He just shrugged his shoulders. I don't believe so. Watches <clears throat> and phones. Right. Like iWatch. Yes. You know what I have down, which is always one of my focal focal points in any home, lighting. Yeah. But more specifically, lighting for different moods. Or purposes. Or purposes. Correct. Yeah. Um, well, thinking about purposes, how many cabinets would benefit from having an interior cabinet light as an example like a dis- like display purposes or just potentially display purposes i hate display cabinetry and display shelving i wouldn't have any in my home just because a if it stays that way it's literally just Artwork taking up your kitchen space. It can be done nicely, but if, it becomes a bit of a nuisance, a dust collector. Right. Yeah. Well, what am I going to put up there? Some fancy salts. Right. Um, you know, and if you're actually using Unless stuff, it actually just becomes for decor. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because if you actually use the stuff, it's never going to stay picture perfect. Right. Um, but no, I'm thinking like pantries as an example. You know how many times I'm digging in the back of my pantry looking for something or those corner cabinets. And if it's nighttime, you know, maybe some built-in lighting. But more specifically where I was going with this is I'm really big on at different times of the day or when you are using the kitchen in a different manner adjusting the lights accordingly. So at night, our kitchen and living room, as you know, are combined. So if we're in the living room and we're watching TV, I'll dim the pendant lights over the island just so we could see the sink and the countertop and all that. And then I'll put the under cabinet lights on um, on the back bank of the kitchen And it just gives this nice, I don't know, it feels more inviting, warmer at night, just that ambient light Yeah. versus having the pot lights on and and still fully illuminating. But you need the pot lights for the purpose of illumination to 
cook properly. Right. So when we're cooking or entertaining, then, you know, we crank up the pot lights. So depending on how you like light, like I like different types of lighting available to me for those different moods. Some people like having sconces or whatever kind of lights next to the stove and just nicely illuminate that area. Some people like above cabinetry lighting or ones all that the are- above. Yeah, or all of the above and just have that flexibility of all those different lights. So some of them you can change after, but it does become more difficult. Well, and for functional storage stuff, instead of the lights, one of the things I had was actual pull functional outs. pullouts and storage stuff. Like, yes, customized storage. Right. So we have a full counter depth Cross pantry. That off my list. We have a full <laughs> counter depth pantry, and it's the same as you. Who knows what's in the back of it? Right. And you're more, you're less likely to add the custom storage afterwards. If you're doing the kitchen, get it done right away. Bite the bullet. You will, you will. Be happy you did because that space, same as a closet, closed closet in your walk-in, whatever, just becomes a thousand times more functional. Yeah. Well, and probably contributes to less food waste. Oh, a hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. I remember many times pulling something out and it's expired or yeah, whatever. Or you go buy something that you didn't realize you already have. Oh. Done that. <sighs> How many boxes of baking soda do you need? I literally have like four. <laughs> I found that the other day. That, that, oh, no, no, it was cornstarch. Corn you know, the starch. yellow container. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like four of those containers at home for some reason. I guarantee everybody listening, if they open their pantry, they have multiples of one of these three things. Baking soda, cornstarch, or baking powder. Guaranteed. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that. Wait, I, wait, wait. Okay. Let's not go off storage just yet because one of mine will complement yours. Okay. But taking it another step, in terms of storage, clear counters always relax the mood. Um, it's very peaceful when yes. you have. I clean a, the kitchen every night before I go to bed because I don't want to wake up to a messy kitchen. Now, in my opinion, a messy kitchen also includes tabletop or countertop appliances that you leave out. Yeah. Things as simple as a coffee maker or a toaster, a kettle, um, microwave for some people, knives. Some of it can be used as decor almost though. Like you can have a nice coffee station set up and it can look nice. My knife block is always out. I don't think... People have enough counter space as it is, unless your kitchen is massive. Why do you need all your coffee stuff on the counter if you are custom designing your kitchen? You could easily have, and we see it often now, a coffee station that is tucked behind cabinetry. I, I believe, I believe, I could be wrong, but from my understanding in Ontario anyways... Uh, You're talking about code now? Building code doesn't permit electrical outlets in cupboards. No, they 100% do, but you need a uh, relay. I was just talking, we're going to go through a kitchen renovation up in uh, 
in uh, Brookville. What, what do you mean? What's a relay? A relay that speaks to the um, to the cabinet doors. So when the cabinets are closed, oh, I see. It shuts power off completely to that receptacle. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yes. So the reason um, in Ontario the building code. Uh, they don't allow it as normal, so you can't just install a receptacle there. So this is important if you've got somebody that's not hiring a professional. Yes. Because it becomes a hazard. If you don't know the code and you just say, oh, I'm going to, oh, I got an electrical outlet on the other side of this cabin. I'm going to run some cable over, yep. plug in my toaster, yep. and burn the house down. Exactly. I wonder, though, if, if cabinets for coffee makers is an issue from a moisture perspective. Well, I would think that when you're making a coffee, you end up leaving the cabinet open. You're not just, I don't know. Or unless you set your coffee on a timer. and Then you got to leave the doors open overnight? I don't know, but this is the kind of shit you got to think about. You need like a home automation thing that opens your doors at 7 o'clock. Stop getting so technical. At 7.01, your alarm turns, your coffee maker goes on. Here's what I would do. I would pull out all of the appliances that you want to keep in your kitchen, put them on the countertops, take it all out because everybody's got shit that's tucked away, some stuff you don't even use. Like as an example, I have a food dehydrator. I've always wanted one. I had one in the past that I used often. Doesn't your oven do that? I don't know. It has a dehydration mode. Uh, This is a normal food dehydrator. (laughs) I'm going to run the oven overnight and stuff. Um, My point is, my food dehydrator, as much as I thought I would use it, I've used it once in the past three years, four years. Um, My deep fryer, I use once a month, probably. Okay. That might even be high now. There were times that I used it more often. Our coffee maker multiple times a day. Things like our air fryer. We have an air fryer now. That's used almost daily. So you think about all the stuff that you've got, those KitchenAid or whatever mixers, kitchen mixers. You know, how often do you use that? Some people bake often, some people not so much. So figure out what you've got, how often you use it, and plan specific storage to tuck this stuff away. Now, some people might have the ability to create a walk-in pantry, and oftentimes we'll see in the walk-in pantry, that's where you have several shelves where these bigger countertop appliances go. Well, they even have ideal. they even have some custom storage I've seen where like um, a blender I've seen as an example on like a pull-out shelf on a lower cabinet. So you open the cabinet and the shelf comes out and up. Yes. Because those, the nice ones are heavy. Yes. Right? So it saves yes. you having to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. Um, and then before you get on to your next one, can yeah. I can just continue because okay. this is a good segue into my next point. Okay. Because I think everybody, especially with kids, but I think everybody has one. I had one when I was single. I guarantee you have one. Everybody I know has one. Do you know what I'm going to say? Oh, I'm trying to figure it out. 
has to do with cabinetry, sort of. Storage, for sure. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. A junk drawer. A junk drawer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can avoid the junk drawer by having proper storage devices. Like slots for stuff. Slots is that? for stuff. Yes. Right. Designated area for everything. So and if it doesn't have a designated area, it the designated the area is probably the trash can. Yes. But everybody's got one. Why? Well, that becomes the dumping ground for stuff that's on your counters that you just want to put away. You're opening, you know, a kid's gift at Christmas. Where does the manual go for it? Well, Junk that, drawer. that's because what about there's when you, no designated area for the manuals. What about when you get home, you empty your pockets? Junk drawer. Right. Your kid comes and gives you something. What is this? Oh, it's a piece from my toy. Junk drawer. And most people go through that junk drawer once a year or so and purge it and be like, oh, I've been looking for that. And random remotes for shit, used batteries that you plan on recycling and all this stuff. Right. Junk drawer. Junk drawer. It's funny that people keep manuals. I hate manuals. I toss them right away. You can find them online. Online. Makes no sense. I don't even read any of any manuals. I don't know if you do. I just... Uh, for some things I do, like um, snowblower, you know, larger items. Most things I are usually self-explanatory or, you know, intuitive enough that you don't need them. But well, I think some Apple things is helpful. did it, right? Like they don't include manuals with anything, right? No, exactly. Well, even my snowblower, I tossed the manual. I just looked it up online. Right. So um, one thing I wanted to say was get the sink out of the kitchen island. I hate having mine on the island. It's a nuisance. No, it takes up a lot of space. Unless your island is designed that it's much bigger. Well, sure, if you've got a huge island. But the thing I find with, so my island, I would guess it's probably six feet, six and a half feet, something like that. And the problem with the island, with my island is, and islands become a congregating area where people sure. hang out. Yeah. The kids are sitting there doing homework yep. while we clean now or you're cook. Splashing their splashing homework. Splashing their homework and their artwork. I have to tell them, go sit at the dining room table. But I'd much rather they were in the kitchen hanging out with me. Um, and if the sink wasn't there, we could do that. Or you could just get a kitchen table. So that's, well, that's on my list here too. Get rid of the kitchen table. So, Get I mean, it, it depends on the house. So, in my house, as an example, the builder had it designed as having a kitchen area and a dinette. Realistically, it doesn't really accommodate a table very well. Like, we put our dining room table there, which isn't very big. Uh, we put it there to act as a little buffet area for a recent family dinner. And we didn't like it at all. We're like, wow, this really impedes our space, an area yeah. where the kids like to run. So, what I would do instead, if I had a thought of it, is... Extend the kitchen the full length of the wall yep, and extend the island another few feet. So you still have space there, but uh, you've got more functional space because people are always at the kitchen island. So now you can fit an extra two people there. Well, I will say if you do get rid of a seating area in the kitchen, and this is for larger homes, like 2,000 square feet and above, right? Smaller, smaller homes, you're not going to get that anyway, but I agree. I think getting more counter space and having a bigger island makes sense to get rid of the 
whatever you want to call it, breakfast table. But I think you got to be able to seat no less than six people at your island if you are doing that. Instead of a table. Instead of a table. And primarily for resale purposes, but also for your own enjoyment. I guess, I mean, it really depends on the space. Yes, of course. Well, it always depends on the space. And this is where the designer the comes in handy. If you have a 5,000 square foot home. You can have the best of both worlds. Right. The um, Like I would love to have, one of my dreams would be to have a double island. A double island. A double island where the first island does have a sink and it's more of prep and and you're starting to put food out there or whatever or clean up or whatever. And then your second island is your entertainment uh, and seating sure, space. Yeah, okay. I always love that idea. Or having bench seating like built in. Yeah, of course. I like that. Like a restaurant style. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never liked, I just thought of this now. I've never liked raised breakfast bars. What do you mean by raised? Like the stepped up? Yeah. 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 No. Opposed to a flush where it's right. just at the same height as the counter is extended. Okay. Um, within the same counter. Yeah. So t- here's two options. One is you've got the island. The counter extends an extra 12 inches over the cabinetry. That's where you sit. Yes. Versus instead of that 12 inch extension, that or that 12 inch extension is raised up. Right. Eight inches or whatever to bar height. Yes. Um, I don't generally like that. The one, two nice things it does though, um, one doesn't really relate to this, but it hides some of the kitchen mess. The other part though, that relates to what we're talking about is the kid, the kids could do their homework there and the water from the sink won't get up to that level. Right. It's not as clean looking though, in terms of just generally looking nice. Correct. The only other thing I had on my list and the designer will help with this is um, I can't stand when ovens are next to a walkway, like a pass through to your dining room um, or immediately next to a wall. So your pot handles can't go on that side. Do you know what I mean? You're talking about a stove. Sorry. Yes. A range. Yes. So you've got your stovetop. Pot on the left burner, but if you've got, got a the wall, wall at there, the left side, right, the handle's got to be twisted around. It's not very nice to work with. Or if there's a walkway, it's a hazard. Yeah, oh, for sure. Little Tommy's going to hit his head on the boiling pot. That poor little Tommy takes yeah. a beating in your He's, world. Yeah, he does. Um, well, and I also love to cook, as you know. I always have stuff on either side of the stove. Yeah. You've got maybe your wet ingredients or dry ingredients, you know, separated. Maybe you have meat on one side or just for timing, you know, you've got a few burners going. So you've got it all laid out, pasta on one side, chicken on the other, whatever. Yeah. Uh, So to have. There are some kitchens that are smaller, weird designs and the walls might jet out and such. We'll see how that works out when we start building our tiny homes. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's when getting creative becomes that much more important. I don't know what that looks like. That's a good tip. Research tiny homes and see what they do. You know, one thing I saw not long ago, they have, it'll blow your mind. They have, uh, induction, um, stovetops 
built into the countertops. countertops. So yeah. you don't even see oh, I know. where the stove is. Yeah, that's I've seen cool. that. Expensive. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's not for the average house. I can't imagine how much that would be. And we should find a house. Okay, here's a challenge. Find a house that has it? Find a house that has it and see if they'll let us come in and uh, do a little video. Okay, there you go. Who who manufactures? Well, first, I, I no guess idea. let's find out who manufactures it. Maybe they have a showroom. Maybe that would be easier. I'd say it's more of a, like a European thing. I think they're further ahead. Oh, I've seen it here, us. though. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Can't remember where. Probably at a home show. Maybe. Yeah. When is the home show? The home show's coming up. I don't know. Anyway, I don't have anything else. Those are my ideas. Hopefully this helps you not make the mistake of forgetting something that you would have otherwise enjoyed. And if you did, or if you're watching this after your kitchen reno, sorry, sorry about your luck. Sorry about your luck. We can help you sell your current place. Yes. And at the end of the day, really put a lot of thought into the stuff that you will not be able to change later. The stuff that you can change, like your door hardware, the type, the yeah. faucet, things like that, even the appliances, you can always change them. Once you start getting into the custom cabinetry and a lot of the electrical stuff, plumbing locations. Yeah. Yeah, under cabinet lighting, it's a bitch to cut up the wall and run wires afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't install it, just get the wiring installed. Right. Even with plumbing. So as an example, when we did our kitchen at the cottage, we ran additional plumbing that's capped off in the event we wanted to add a dishwasher or a garburator or something down the road. Right. Same thing with the electrical. There's an additional... Wire going down in case we needed to add something later. Smart thinking. Yeah. All right, sir. Good day. There you have it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully you caught this video before your reno. But if there's any other items you would add to the list, drop a comment below. Thanks for watching. Subscribe and tune in next week.